Hey, my name is Katie Bulmer. I was your typical heartbroken and hungover sorority girl who looked for love in boys, Bacardi, and did I mention boys? After the breakup that broke me, I met the only man who can truly fulfill me. His name is Jesus. Shortly after that, I met my husband, the best example I have met of Jesus on this earth. Today, I have never been more sure I am right where I'm supposed to be on a mission to help today's young women find their life calling, stop dating dirtbags, and basically just be who I needed when I was younger. I've been called a big sis, an adopted mom, or my favorite title, a cool aunt. But however you think of me, get ready to be challenged and encouraged. This is the Truth For Your 20s podcast. Hello, friends. We are talking today about solo travel, how to travel on a budget, how to see cool places, how to live your best life. And the best person I could think of to have this conversation is my in real life friend, Janine. She is, yes, you, she um, (laughs) is the just expert on all these things. And you have so many cool pictures is the first thing that come to mind, but obviously the pictures are from the explorations and you've done this all just with wisdom and now you're helping others do the same. So welcome to the podcast, my friend. Hi, Katie. I'm so excited to be here. And I'm a returning guest. I was on one of your first episodes, which is wild. I know. And that one, you'll have to go way back. That was like, yeah, yeah, I think number five or something, but that was how to live your best single life. And Mm -hmm. we'll probably touch on that too, but I want to hear specifically today about travel. And Mm -hmm. I guess, first of all, like I know you started with the Dave Ramsey organization and all of that kind of led you to become debt-free and do what you're doing, but just kind of back us up to how you got started with what you're doing now. Sure. Yeah. Um, wow. It feels like it was both yesterday and a lifetime ago. But yes, I uh, spent four years working uh, at Dave Ramsey's company and learned a lot about money management. was pretty convicted about getting myself out of debt. I had um, a lot of student loans from my undergrad years. And yeah, I spent two really dedicated years working about 60 hours a week, which I wouldn't recommend long term. But yeah. um, I did it. It was a lot, um, but it helped me to get out of debt a lot faster. And then felt very much like I was supposed to, well, let me say my reward to myself when I was getting out of debt was that I was going to go to London. I'd never been, always wanted to go. My aunt lives there. And so I told myself, okay, you're going to take a two week trip to London. That's how much paid time off you have. It's going to be awesome. That's how you're going to celebrate getting out of debt. And I don't know, about six months before I was debt free, I felt like this, this nudge in like the core of my being that I was supposed to travel longer than two weeks, which didn't make sense. Cause obviously I didn't have that much paid time off. And, um, it, it was just a feeling though, that wouldn't go away. And I felt How old were you at this time. I was 26. I'm trying okay. to do the math. I think I was 26 or 27. And, um, yeah, I just had this feeling that I was supposed to do more traveling. Um, which to me felt a little bit ridiculous, a little bit crazy, and a, and a whole lot of irresponsible because I knew that that would require quitting my job, my full-time job, which was a fine job. I didn't love the job, but I loved the people I worked with. But it was security. It was safety. It was the thing I should do, right? And I ended up talking with people in my life who are a lot like parents to me um, about this feeling I had. And, and I should back up and say, anytime I've kind of felt a nudge similar to the one I'm describing now, um, it's 
usually become pretty clear it was God doing something and him opening up an opportunity and, you know, just waiting for my yes. In my 20s, especially, it took me a little bit longer to get to yeses than it does now. Um, But I think that that just comes with the longer that you're walking with God, the easier it is to say yes to him. Anyway, I was talking with them about it and, you know, just looking for validation that this was a crazy idea. I needed someone basically to to affirm that this was not good, like that wasn't the right thing to do. And they did the opposite. They, <laughs> you know, I was close to getting out of debt and they just looked at me and they were like, Janine, honestly, this is kind of the time in your life to do that. You know, you're single, you're about to be debt free. You don't really have any like long-term commitments. Um, so really, if there was any time to, you know, take a really long trip or travel for a little bit, this would be it. And that was frustrating in the moment, but now I'm so grateful, obviously, that they said that because they were totally right. And so I, you know, took those last six months of getting out of debt and I just went harder than ever because I felt like I had something bigger to look forward to. And then I spent 10 more months um, in that job uh, here in Nashville and I kept working about 60, 70 hours a week. Again, wouldn't recommend long term, but it gave me the time to save up a bunch of money uh, once I was out of debt that I would be able to travel on and ended up moving back home to California for a few months and living with those people who are like parents. I call them my spiritual family. They've really been there for me ever since I started going to church when I was in high school. And so I lived with them for a few months, started planning a big trip to Europe. And I went for four and a half months all over Europe. I went to 13 different countries, 35 cities, 90% of that trip was solo. I stayed with a couple friends or friends of friends along the way, but most of it was solo travel, which I had never really done before. So that was a big excursion, a big adventure, both beautiful and hard, but mostly really awesome. Ended up falling into a remote job. So I was able to work from anywhere part-time. And that gave me what I needed to continue traveling. I was able to live off of what I was making and still save a little bit because I didn't have the overhead of, you know, rent and utilities and those sorts of things. So I traveled the U.S. for eight months and I saw friends and family in different parts of the country. I hit all four corners of the country, actually, I realized recently. I was in Southern California. I was up in Seattle. I went to New York and I spent time in Florida and then a bunch of other places in between and ended up going back to Europe for another four months, spent most of my time in the U.K. and Ireland, and then eventually made my way back here to Nashville. I moved back at the end of 2019 which in retrospect was totally <laughs> timing. God's timing. Yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah, now I'm in a spot where I get to create digital travel guides for people to help them see more of the world. I'm doing some travel planning. I have a guide uh, for solo travel specifically, and I'm loving it. And I'm excited. I'm headed to Alaska in a couple of weeks, and I'm just like, so I'm excited to get myself back out there into the world because after the last year and a half, I know it was hard for people who either love travel or who have been dreaming about traveling to feel as stuck as I think so many of us felt in the last year and a half. And so, yeah, it's exciting to think about the possibilities of what travel is going to look like moving forward. So, wow, that was really long-winded, but that's a little bit about me. (laughs) It's it's amazing. Okay. So before doing anything like this before, Mm -hmm. by yourself, you went to Europe and spent four and a half months traveling. Like that, that isn't (laughs) enough. That right there. (laughs) Yeah, it was pretty, I mean, I won't lie, like I I don't know how many years ago now, like five or six years ago, if somebody would have told me, yeah, I could totally see you going and solo traveling around all these countries you've never been to for four months. I'd be like, you're nuts. There's no way in, in anywhere that I would do something like that. But I 
did. And I, I really, it was because I felt like I was supposed to. I don't think I would yeah. have done it otherwise. And I've often found that like when God calls you to something, it's usually, I, call, I like to call it the sweet spot where like you're equally terrified and excited because like something in you gets lit, lit up by that idea or that opportunity. But then there's that part of you that knows you can't do it on your own. Um, and that's how, you know, like, I don't know. I've always known that that's when God's usually calling me into it. I also talk to people in my life who are older and wiser just to get their input. And yeah, it was, it was awesome. I mean, it was hard to like, don't ever want to sugarcoat it. Um, mm-hmm. That long of a span of time where you're only constant is yourself. It can be a little bit unnerving, but it also, you learn so much about yourself and um, about the world at large. And then obviously about God that, um, I don't know, it's just, I'd say it's totally worth it. Yeah. So we got to meet when you were doing your eight month excursion domestically. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. And I remember you saying, and, and it just blew my mind, something like you didn't have an address. I mean, you were just kind of like a nomad at that point. Right. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I technically had a permanent address, but I wasn't really there. Like yeah. I had an address in California, but I had, you know, that whole year, I think I only spent two months in California. The rest of it was, kind of all over the place. Yeah. And I was living out of, you know, a suitcase that I took to Europe. I ended up, I, you know, planning to live out of for four months. I ended up living out of for, what was it? 16, something like that. Driving around the country in my Prius. Like it was, it was wild. It was so fun. I love all of this. So I've thought a lot about this recently. You know, of course I do a lot of mentoring to young women and there's something to be said about, you know, someone who stays in the same city their whole life and their mother and their grandmother, and they know the doctor and the lawyer mm-hmm. and the dentist and like everyone around them, there's community, there's deep roots. And I think that there's beauty there. I, I do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't want to discard that because we, we have so much uh, applaud to travel. And I think that there's, there's good cases to both sides, yeah. but obviously in this conversation talking about travel and you mentioned this about how you learn so much about yourself. Mm-hmm. I know that that's a book worth of information, but maybe just like some (laughs) highlights of what you learned in this excursion of just going out there and not knowing languages and figuring it all out as you went. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, you know better than anyone that I have been very slowly, very, very slowly working on a book about all the things I learned in my travels. But yeah, there's so many things. I would say one of the biggest things I learned was that I am far more capable than I think I've ever given myself credit for. Oh, that's um, good. Yeah, I, I've always been a little bit more on the introverted side. I, I call myself an extroverted introvert. I love people. I just have a kind of a cap on my energy. So I know to protect that well. But that said, being on a trip like that, you're constantly meeting new people, particularly places like Europe, because there are so many awesome places that you can stay, um, hostels all over Europe where you meet other often other solo travelers from all over the world. Like I ended up making friends from, yes, the US, Australia, New Zealand. There was someone from Mexico. There was someone from Norway. Like you just meet people from everywhere, which is amazing. But it also means a lot of small talk to start, which isn't necessarily my sweet spot. But I I got to meet all these people while at the same time knowing when I needed to take a day to myself, figuring out new cities and how to get around. And I mean, I thank goodness for the internet and Google Maps because yeah. it this there's never been a better time to solo travel. But prior to doing it, I did not think that that was something I could do. Interestingly enough, while I was on those trips and even after the trips as I was you know meeting up with people back home, 
I got a lot of people saying, you know, you're so brave. Like that was so courageous. I could never do that. And ironically, I was sitting there and I was like, it did not feel brave. I don't feel like a brave person for having done it. I just did it because I thought I was supposed to. And it was amazing. And it was hard too, but it was but it was awesome. Wait, I want to go back and say the whole thing about like solo travel being easier now than ever before. My grandmother, a Josephine, she's amazing. She traveled in the 90s a lot on her own. And she was going back and forth. She's Italian. And um, I think she's like first first or second generation in the US. So her, she has a lot of family back in Italy. And so she did a lot of travel back and forth and saw other parts of Europe. But this was the 90s. Like we didn't really have the internet, not in the capacity that we have it today. And I love talking to her about her experiences because, uh, you know, I just said like, how did you get around? Like, how did you find places to stay? Like, how did you do all this? She's like, I don't know, you had maps and you had a phone. You'd go to a phone booth, you'd call a hotel. And you had a paper map and you would figure out how to get there. And I was like, I can't imagine. Like, <laughs> yeah. That sounds crazy to me. And it, I don't know, it just gave me perspective um, and reminded me like how, how easy it is and how we have all these tools right at our fingertips to be able to do so many things that people couldn't do even 20 or 30 years ago. And so, yeah, learning a lot about like how capable I am, but also how like it's just a perfect time to do things like this that I wouldn't have known had I not gone and done it myself. I'd say another lesson I learned was how to rest more, which is interesting because you wouldn't, I don't know, I guess I wouldn't think somebody goes traveling in that kind of capacity and learns how to rest. But the reason that's true is because I was go, go, go all the time for months on end. You know, I was in a new city every two or three days. And so I wanted to make sure I took advantage and I saw as much as possible, did as much as possible. But I remember there was a time on that first big Europe trip, I hit a wall and it was when I was in Rome, which is arguably one of like the busiest and most like history filled. There's so much to do in Rome, so much to see. And that's where I hit a wall and I was exhausted because my body had just been going for, you know, two, I think two and a half months at that point. And I had to tune into what my body was telling me. And it was like, girl, you got to rest. Like you need to just nap. Like you just need to sleep in, maybe take a half a day and don't do anything. Don't feel the need to do anything. And that was a really beautiful lesson for me because it's totally trickled into like what is now quote unquote real life where I'm so much more attuned to listening to when my body needs rest or when it needs exercise. It's very interesting. I did, that was not something I would have seen coming from that. You should have been in Italy when you had that realization. Isn't that when they all take naps during the day? That's Spain. And oh, it's Spain. awesome. Yeah. They take siestas. They take siestas in the afternoon, but that means they don't eat dinner until like 10 PM. So if you're not a night owl, Spain might be hard, especially in the summer, but you should still go because it's pretty incredible. <laughs> no, that's awesome. Well, no, I mean, if you think about the things, feel free, but I have a million questions already. Go ahead. Yeah, you're good. Um, I, I love that you said that people, when you came back, people were like, wow, you're so brave and everything. Mm-hmm. And you're like, I mean, I just feel like a normal person. And I think that's worth noting because I don't know. We always think like, oh, other people, oh, people on the podcast do this and other people just go and explore Europe. But, Mm. you know, I know you, you have red blood, (laughs) you, (laughs) you breathe like the rest of us. And I guess I just want to, you know, talk about how it really is just something you plan and you just do as if you go for a jog, as if you, you know, go out and get groceries, you just do the dang thing. So Mm -hmm. I don't know. I just thought that was worth noting. I think that it's really cool. Thank you. (laughs) 
Yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I again, like I had never really done it before. I will say before I went on that big Europe trip, I did tell myself like, hey, you should probably take a solo trip to see if you can even do it slash if you even like it. Because there are certain people that aren't going to prefer solo travel. That's not the word they're going to want to travel. Kind of when people would say like, oh, I could never do that. I'm like, no, you could. Anyone can solo travel, but that doesn't mean everybody should. Because some people, it just might not be their style. And that's totally okay. I've done a lot of group trips. I've done trips with, you know, one friend, two friend, up to six friends. The dynamic changes, but it's still just as fun. But all that, all that said, like, yeah, like I did not feel brave. I just did it because I thought I was supposed to. And obviously, God did a lot with that. Oh, here's another lesson I have to share because this was actually probably the biggest thing I learned. And that is that anytime we get out of our day to day or our routine or our comfort zones, it gives God so much space to do whatever He wants to do. And that might sound like a little, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't know if that sounds a little wonky, but like when you're not like limited, so to speak, by your schedule or by the things that you know you need to get done day to day or kind of your routine you're used to each and every day, I just think then like when it's almost like a fresh slate each day, and God then can show up in ways or or speak to you in ways that you might not have seen or heard in your day to day life. I mentioned earlier that I worked a lot prior to taking that trip, I worked, you know, basically almost full time, two full-time jobs. And I was totally burnt out. I mean, I was burnt to a crisp on both ends. And so that time that I spent in California before going on that trip, I told myself, Hey, you got to rest. Like you need to rest. You need to rejuvenate. You need to recuperate so that when you head to Europe, like you're filled up and surprise, surprise, I did not do that. (laughs) I did not rest at all. I like tried to find babysitting jobs or anything I could do to just kind of busy myself because I knew spiritually I was kind of in a a strange spot. I wasn't like super connected with the Lord. Um, And then, you know, then I filled my schedule with doing things rather than resting. But ironically, right before I went to leave for that trip, I had this realization of like, Janine, you didn't rest. You didn't do that thing you you told yourself you were going to do that you felt like you were supposed to do. And I felt this conviction that like, I would never say I heard God speak to me because there was nothing audible, but I felt this conviction of like, who told you that you needed to rest? And I realized in that moment that it was myself telling me, not like the Holy Spirit telling me, which ended up meaning that I went on that trip feeling like I wasn't quote unquote prepared for it. And yet I think it was exactly where I needed to be for God to just show up in ways that again, I just don't think I would have seen or heard otherwise. It turned into a little bit of an unraveling from that season of my life where I had been so busy. I think I got a little jaded to church culture and Christian culture and being in another part of the world where Christianity looks different, like faith is different, was actually really good for me because it helped to bring me back to what I know and believe. And yeah, God just showed up in ways that I couldn't have ever seen coming. And I ended up, you know, from that trip, being able to continue traveling, which was never the plan. The plan was to get back to California and then figure out where I was going to move. But then I ended up traveling longer, which is, yeah, that never was a part of my plan. It just happened that way because I think, I think God led me to that. If anything, from all my travels, I learned that the journey that we're walking on in faith is so much of like, one step at a time, one stepping stone at a time. I feel like oftentimes he only lights up like the next 
stone on our path. It's not the whole path, right? We want to see the whole thing. It would make life so much easier or so we think. And yet oftentimes it's just the one step in front of us and then that next step and then that next step one at a time um, because that requires, I think, you know, real live in the moment faith. And so I, I won't lie. I really actually miss that. There has been a part of me in this last year and a half, you know, being stuck at home like everyone else that has missed the kind of the excitement of living that out and feeling it in the, in, you know, in every single day. And, you know, when you get, again, you get kind of stuck in that monotony, which isn't, some people love it. I just get really restless, but I'm grateful that like the way that I was able to travel taught me so much about, I just think who God is and his characteristics and his call each and every day for us to choose to follow him. So Wow, that was long-winded too. It was the biggest thing I learned. And I mean, it changed in a lot of ways the trajectory of my life and my relationship with him. So, (laughs) so good. When I was in my 20s, I knew how to make a few basic meals, but for everything else, I wish I would have had Eat to Evolve. Eat to Evolve is a company that has pre-prepared healthy, delicious meals, and they deliver them right to your door. They're all packed in ice and they keep them fresh. Our family has recently had the pot roast and the chicken fajitas, and the snacks are personally my favorite. They have these like super delicious energy balls that, I don't know, they're just so great in between cross-country practice or going to the gym. Anyway, check out Eat to Evolve. There is actually a discount code at the link underneath this episode here. I personally love that they have gluten-free, paleo, keto, primal, all kinds of options, no matter your lifestyle or preference. And I also love that at this company, they are chefs first, business owners second. So you better believe the food is so good. Healthy food delivered to your door and you save money because you don't have to buy a million ingredients at the grocery store. So check out Eat to Evolve and have one less thing to worry about in your 20s. That leads me to my next question. This is perfect because I think the biggest thing that I have learned when I've traveled, and this sounds so silly, but it's so profound, is how big the world is. Mm -hmm. Because we are so, we don't realize this, but when you live in Nashville, for example, or Georgia, or wherever you live, doesn't matter, your zip code kind of becomes your world. It's not a bad thing. It's just your culture. It's who you're around. But we forget that the world is so much bigger mm-hmm. than those around us. And and you experience that, but also experience God through that. So I would love for you to just unpack that a little bit more. Yeah. it's <laughs> You will never feel more small or insignificant, and yet at the same time, more chosen and loved than when you're like in the middle of a big city in another country. When I was in Paris, the first time I went to Paris on that first trip, I remember in Rome too, really just these massive cities in Europe, you know, there's just so many people, everyone's from all over. Obviously you have locals, but you have so many other tourists from other places around the world. I think it just expands your worldview in a way that is much harder, if not impossible, to do where you live. Because yes, you're experiencing other cultures, other languages, but you're also immersing yourself in a community that, you know, is probably a lot unlike your own. And so, yeah, I I had a moment um, when I was in Paris and I was sitting under the Eiffel Tower eating. I like brought like a little picnic. It was really cute and had my dinner there. 
by myself. It was super romantic. <laughs> but I just there's so many people there experiencing the same moment all together. Obviously, we're having different experiences, but like we're there in that moment together. So we're all there, you know, in that same space, having our experiences, watching the same thing happen. And I don't know, there's something about being able to hear all these people speaking different languages. And there's couples, there's families, there's other people that are there on their own. And I just remember thinking like, gosh, the world is so big. And there's so much to explore. God has created so much beauty in the world but also in his kids. I remember mm-hmm. very much thinking like, God, these are all God's people. And these are all people who I need to love. But alongside that, like, okay, I'm one small fish in this big giant pond that is the world. And yet I'm chosen and I'm loved by a God who doesn't waver. Like that's incredible. So there was a lot of the like kind of the tension of both being like knowing I'm unique and wonderfully made and all of that while also knowing there are so many people and in the world. And um, it was really, really cool. And yeah, experiencing other cultures and other communities and I don't know, getting to experience different ways of life, different ways of faith, different food. Oh my gosh, I could go on and on (laughs) about the food, but you know, you just get to, you get to immerse yourself in cultures that are so unlike your own, which I think one obviously expands your worldview, but two, I think gives you an appreciation that you might not have otherwise for um, your own culture and your own community. So yeah, there's just a lot of beauty in traveling and you do realize like, you know, maybe your hometown was really small or maybe it was really big, but when you get to go somewhere different, I don't know. It just helps you see the different ways that people live. And I know when I came back from all of my travels, really, I moved back here to Nashville and I live on my own now, which is a gift in and of itself. But I remember thinking like, okay, I want to take parts of those different cultures and communities that I got to experience into my life now. I don't want to work more than 40 hours a week. I don't love the American way of life in that, you know, you're supposed to hustle, hustle, hustle. I don't like that. And I learned in some of the European cultures I got to spend time in that like they, it's actually like looked down upon to work full time or more than full time. Like they very much value time with their family and time with their friends. They value like quality time around a table um, without your phones. Like it's beautiful. So I remember, yeah, moving back here, I was like, there are little, little bits of all of these places that I've been able to visit that I want to pull into my daily life because I find value in that. And I don't know, it's, it's changed my life obviously, but then getting to share stories with friends and family and I don't know, even and yeah. having now I have friends all over the world, which is a gift too. It's so cool. I, yeah, I wouldn't trade those years I spent traveling at all. And there are many days I dream about doing it again. So who knows? Who knows where I'll who be knows? next time? Next time. Because <laughs> the first time we recorded, I was in England. I was in the middle of That's Yorkshire. right. Um, I remember I was staying with my aunt's friend in this teeny tiny cottage. Like, in oh, it was, it was a dream. And now I'm in Nashville. And who knows where I'll be next time? <laughs> who knows? Stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I want to get into just kind of the practical side Mm -hmm. of traveling. Now you help other people do what you have done. And, you know, obviously you don't buy a plane ticket tomorrow, pack a backpack and and wing it. There are things to (laughs) prepare. Maybe you do. I don't know. Uh, There are things (laughs) that will obviously make your trip better. And so, yeah, just practical tips. I want to maybe like someone who's, you know, hmm, Janine, you made some good points. I'm interested, like, where can they start and what I know you have some tools and resources to help. So I want to get into the practical nitty gritty of all this good stuff. 
Yeah. Well, I would say, first of all, there are, we're all, just as we're all uniquely made, we have unique personalities, which means that um, we might choose to travel in different ways. I do have friends who are last minute spontaneous travelers who will book a trip next week and then go. That's not my style at all. <laughs> yeah. That's just not, my lifestyle doesn't work for that. I have a dog now. So I like, I have to think about that. And I'm big on like, I want to get the deals. I want to have at least you know, the beginnings of a plan, but again, oh, yeah. And budget and, and like, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> let me know about that. <laughs> yeah. Well, being someone who got out of debt, I don't ever want to go into debt for anything that I can control. You know, if there was like a medical emergency or something, that might be a different story or when you buy a house, but like, I'm not, I'm not a proponent for going into debt to travel because the thing is those places are most likely still going to be there, you know, a couple years from now. So I'm a big fan of like kind of delaying that gratification and taking care, taking care of all the things you need to take care of. So please don't go into debt to travel. Um, I mean, you can, you can do whatever you want. That would just be my advice. But yeah, I would say that the first place to start with travel is like figuring out why you want to go and where you want to go. Obviously the where is extremely important (laughs) because that's going to kind of dictate everything. But I have always found finding your why in anything that you do in life, but with travel is, can be really important because if you want to travel to go have like a vacation, like a proper vacation where you're resting, you're, you're relaxing, you're rejuvenating, like that's a different why than wanting to see, do and experience everything. Right. So I find figuring out your why can be a really great place to start. Coming up with a budget, I think is important. Um, Some people might argue that it's not as important, but I think if you know how much money you have to spend on a trip, it's going to make the experience of actually spending money on that trip way less stressful because you've already kind of dictated how much you have for all the things that you want to do. I think creating a itinerary can be really good for you. And I don't mean like a really strict itinerary where you have everything booked, everything reserved, everything's ready to go. I would say the most important things to book are obviously your transit. how you're how you're getting into and out of the place you're going to. So if you're flying or driving or taking public transportation, something like that, your lodging is very important. So where you're staying, you should obviously book those beforehand. But then everything else, I think you can kind of leave up to your trip, maybe a couple museums or restaurants or things like that. But what I like to do is just create a running list of all the places I want to go, uh, landmarks that I want to see, restaurants, bars, or coffee shops that I want to make sure I um, try to, to, to get into while I'm there. But I just keep a list of it. And I also put everything in a Google map so that it's really easy once I'm in that place to just open up this doc or open up the map and see like what's nearby or what I'm craving that day. And then I can just pop over versus like, you know, walking a bunch of blocks trying to figure out where to go. And so I, I find a really great balance of like booking the things you need to book, like having that all prepared, but then leaving some of it up to, you know, your trip, leaving some of it up to the day to day of your trip. I think having flexibility there gives you more um, freedom to be able to change your mind if you want to. I met travelers who booked everything and then couldn't go do things that other people were doing because they had, you know, previously booked things already. And then I met people who didn't plan anything until like a day or two before, like even like the next city they were going to, they didn't know yet. That would stress me out a lot. So I would never do that. But I did meet people who who did that too. So I'd say getting started, figure out your why you're where, figure out how much money you have or that you want to spend on your trip, book the important things 
and then just create a running list of all the other things that you want to do and places you want to see. I find that to be a really great place to start. And yeah, that's kind of where I'm at there. And I do have tools and resources on my website. I don't know if you want me to talk about that. Yes, I do want you to shout out that in a second. But um, I, I just want to point out, I think the biggest thing in all of this is what I love. You know, you said you work 60 hours, doubled down, mm-hmm. you know, saved up, got out of debt, saved up for this trip and had this incredible adventure. And now you're very strict about not overworking. And so everything's within balance, right? Mm -hmm. And so just want to make sure people pick up on that. Like you're hearing this, maybe you're young and single and you want to do this, go work 60 hours a week, pick Mm -hmm. up extra job, do, you know, double down Mm -hmm. and get the dang thing done, get out of debt, save up an essay and then go live your best life. It's not a forever thing. And I think that, yeah, I just want people to hear that because that's super important. Yeah. And uh, just to echo, like, or just to add on to that, I suppose, I don't regret that season that I spent working that much because clearly it got me to where I am now. Like I would do it over again for for the experience I had while traveling. And that's a big thing because it was a pretty tough season for me. Yeah. But but I would do it all over again because I, I absolutely loved what I was able to get to go do. Here's the thing I say. So again, when I was talking about, you know, going to go travel and then once I got back from all my travels, people were like, you know, that's wild. I can't believe you did that. Like, I wish I could do that, but I don't know. And I was like, I would argue we are all capable of doing what we have to do to get after the things we want to do, if that makes sense. If you really want to go travel, I don't know, say next summer or when you graduate from college, you want to take a couple months to go travel, figure out what you can do now to start preparing for that thing. And then just don't make excuses. I I think a big thing too is don't look at other people. Like I did have a season when I was getting, when I was getting out of debt, I remember thinking like, man, I am working my tail off and all these people aren't and they're just doing what they want to do and they're having so much fun. And But I had to keep my end goal in mind. And because I felt convicted about it, like it was easier to do so. It was easier for me to like stay the course because I had a feeling I knew what was coming and I felt pretty confident in what I felt God was calling me to. So yeah, there are things that are, yeah, like you said, sometimes you have seasons where it's going to be a lot and then maybe you have a season where it's it becomes less. I don't know. I just... I wouldn't trade it. And I think that if it's, if you decide there's something you really want to do, like just get after it with all your heart and pray about it. Seek counsel from people that you trust and that you love and who love you. And yeah, don't let anything get in the way of that God dream that you have, because you have no idea what he's going to want to show you what could open up after that. Cause I found every yes we say to him leads to another invitation. And if I hadn't said yes, I don't know what my life would look like right now. And that's crazy to me. So yeah, if you feel it, just go after it. Yes. And now look at what we're talking about now. You know, we wouldn't mm-hmm. be having this conversation had you not done what you <laughs> Yeah, that's crazy. I love that. And because I was curious, as you were talking, I did. If you did not buy a $5 Starbucks five seven days a week mm-hmm. for four years while you're in college, you would mm-hmm. save seven thousand two hundred and eighty dollars, mm-hmm. which would be a pretty incredible trip through Europe. <laughs> that you could travel two to three months on that. Yeah. No joke no joke. I mean my four and a half month trip was twelve thousand total, which is a lot of money. Like that is listen, I'm a budget traveler. $12,000 is a lot of money. But for four and a half months, some people yeah. spend that on like a two week trip which yeah. is crazy to me. I'm like, no, give me the money and let me go away for half a year. That sounds awesome. Yeah. So yeah, little sacrifices add up over time for sure. And you could put that toward anything. 
Yes. Nothing against Starbucks, but yeah, just little things like that. That's just Mm -hmm. a little picture of how you can do that. Mm -hmm. Well, I love that. Okay. You have so many resources to offer a girl who (laughs) might be interested in what we're talking about. So tell me about the solo travel guide and all the good stuff you're offering the universe. Yes. So last summer, I just kind of fell into all of this, but I started realizing while I was traveling, I actually started my podcast while I was traveling. I won't ever forget. It was like right before Christmas. I was in New York City and that was super fun. But I found in that season that I was traveling, a lot of people were reaching out, uh, mostly on Instagram, a little bit through email, through my website and stuff, asking questions about solo travel, recommendations for things to do in different cities I was visiting. It was all really exciting, but pretty quickly it became unsustainable. I couldn't, I just couldn't keep up as like, you know, one person. I couldn't keep up with all the inquiries, even though I wanted to. And so last summer, I built my simple guide to solo travel, which is a big old PDF guide that walks you through everything you need to know to plan a solo trip from, you know, the initial concept, the why, the where, all the way through building your dream itinerary, plus a couple bonus lessons on like how to stay safe, how to pack like a pro, how to plan a group trip, because there are a lot of dynamics when you have a group trip. I actually just had a conversation with a friend of mine who was on a group trip and there's a lot of tension. When you have a lot of people on a trip, there's just a lot of expectations, right? And so dealing with those things beforehand can be so helpful. Anyway, there's a bunch of bonuses in that. So I launched that last fall. In retrospect, maybe not a great idea to put a travel course out in the middle of a pandemic. <laughs> but yeah. I I knew I just got so many questions about it that I just wanted to have it out in the world for anyone who you know wanted to learn. And I'm actually revamping it right now. It's going to be uh, by the time this comes out, it'll be live on my site. And yeah, it's just giant guide with some video lessons and it'll walk you through everything you need to know to plan a solo trip. And then about a month or so ago, I realized, you know, I have a lot of people asking for recommendations for different cities, which is awesome. But again, not sustainable for me. And, you know, things are always changing with travel. And so I had this idea to create some digital travel guides because what I've learned is one of the one of the areas that you're going to spend a lot of time when you're planning a trip is figuring out where to stay, what you need to see, uh, different restaurants and things to go to. Like that can consume, gosh, a whole workday if you really got into it, which for me it does. When I planned that first trip to Europe, I spent well over 100 hours just doing research. And that was probably only for like three quarters of the trip because I didn't even attempt the last quarter of my trip till I was actually traveling. And so I know that that can be really time consuming, but also be very overwhelming to anyone approaching travel. And so I decided to create these digital travel guides that are on my website. Right now, there are about a dozen different cities that have guides. Um, I'm working on two right now, one for Portland and Oregon and one for London, which have both been highly requested. And so yeah, creating digital travel guides, those are available on my site for a bunch of different cities. By the time this comes out, there should be even more. And I also now offer travel consulting and travel planning, which is super fun. And I love planning for travel. And so getting to help other people figure out their trips has been really exciting. For example, I'm doing a trip right now. Um, a girl is taking her first solo trip, which is super exciting. And she's going to New York City in the fall. And she was super nervous, but really wanted to get out of her comfort zone and try something new. And so it's been really fun because not only have I helped her, you know, figure out where to stay, how to get around places she should go, but I've also been able to kind of coach her in terms of like 
being a solo traveler and what she should pay attention to and help boost her confidence and give her some different tools and resources she might not have had otherwise. So yeah, we're just creating a little travel thing over here. It's very exciting. I feel really grateful that I get to use this experience that I had and which ultimately you guys now know was all because I felt like I was supposed to. I felt like God was leading me to something. And now I get to turn that experience and that love that I have for travel into something where I get to help other people see more of the world too. And my prayer behind all of it is that then God gets to show up in ways and they get to experience him in ways they might not have otherwise, which is, I don't know, just the kind of the cherry on top. Oh, I love that. I love your passion to help others. (laughs) Man, if I was 20 something and wanted to explore the world, I wish I knew you. So I'm so (laughs) thankful everyone listening gets to be connected. So obviously the podcast Wild Hearts with Janine, all the solo guides you offer, how can they find all of that good stuff? Amazing. Yeah, I'm uh, mostly on Instagram. I'm at Janine on Instagram. My name is spelled really strange, but I'm sure it's in the the show notes or something. Um, (laughs) Perfect. I'm at Janine on Instagram. Recently got a TikTok. Have no idea what I'm doing. Um, (laughs) But on TikTok, I waited too long to get on the the TikTok bandwagon because I'm an Enneagram 4. And I just like don't like to do things when everybody else is doing them. But in (sighs) this this experience, it's totally bit me in the butt um, because somebody took my username, which is... I know I have my username on everything else. So anyway, on TikTok, I am Janine Travels. So I share um, some travel tips over there as well. And then my website is Janine.com. You can head there. And if you want specifically more info on travel, uh, you can go to Janine.com slash travel. And I also want to say I do have a free travel guide as well to three really popular and highly requested cities because I wanted to provide something for anyone, anyone who comes across um, my travel stuff or me on Instagram or anything. So there's a free travel guide for Nashville, Tennessee, Boston, Massachusetts, and Cinque Terre, Italy, which is on the um, west coast of Italy. It's beautiful. Um, so if you want the travel guide to those three places, you can head to janine.com guide and it's free. Yay. Oh my gosh. Well, Jean, always a pleasure to hang out with you. And I know that everyone's going to be really excited and get that travel itch after they hear this. So <laughs> thank you, Katie. It's I love talking to you. It feels it really feels like talking to a friend, which it should because you are my friend. <laughs> but um, <laughs> no matter the environment or, or, you know, whatever, I just love getting to chat with you. And I love all the things that you're doing and the, the ways that you are encouraging and, and um, inspiring young women to, I don't know, have high standards, live their and, best life. Yeah, live their best <laughs> life and have high standards, and and I don't know, just like really plug into community and and God, and I don't know. You're just doing a lot of really great work that really encourages and inspires me. So, oh, fan girl for life. Uh, for the life. feeling is mutual. The feeling <laughs> is mutual. Well, thanks so much, girl. I can't wait to talk with you again. Yay! <laughs> I'm over here giving you a virtual hug because you just finished another episode of the Truth For Your 20s podcast. Would you help a sister out and take a screenshot right wherever you're listening and share it on your social? Give me a tag at Katie Wilmer Life so I can give you a big thank you. You sharing it, you leaving your reviews on iTunes is the best possible compliment you can give. Hey, let's continue to hang out. We have a private community called Truth For Your 20s over on Facebook. So just go to groups, search Truth For Your 20s and come join the party.